So just to say, let me just say, let me preface everything that's about to happen, which I, I know what's about to happen. I'm not going to do that one to you, but, <laughs> but let me just say it like this. So I've got a message I'm going to speak and uh, it's a little awkward for me just to like, do I just jump back in and start talking like nothing's ever happened? Or do I go back and reflect on what has happened in our lives and try to bring everybody forward? And I'm going to do that. I felt like you're supposed to do that. But before we get started, um, someone uh, came up and, and had a dream. And it's so interesting that the dream that they had, um, at, at the end of the dream, someone said, in order for people to get the anointing that, that the Lord's wanting to pour out, you have to go low. Well, it's so funny that that was shared because I had said a few weeks ago, I think it was in this service, people, it's time to get low. What I mean by that is the pointing of the fingers or what, and I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not, the pointing of the finger is one facet of getting low. Let me just tell you, getting low is, is having the ability to be teachable, having the ability to be corrected, okay? Um, but I also felt, and this was the, the I, I had this verse and it was a slide that I was going to put in, into the uh, um, in, into the message, but it, it never fit. I was like, well, I'll just put it you know, somewhere else. And then you had that dream. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to share this, this verse. So I'm going to read to you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 12. This is not part of the service. Luke chapter 12, verse two, two and three. But I really feel like that this is a now word for, for us. Luke chapter 12, I mean, yeah, Luke 12, two and three. And I don't have it for the, for the, the slideshow. So Jesus says this, the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. So can I just tell us that I know that there was some controversy and some, some things about the election and all that sort of stuff. And it's not, this is not about that. Let me just tell you, you don't have to worry about truth not getting out. Truth is buoyant. You cannot hold truth down. The second verse, verse three, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. What's he referring to? He's referring to truth. Truth is buoyant. You will not be able to keep truth down. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the truth being told. Don't worry about the truth. What you need to worry about is the things that you've said in secret that you've not repented of. The things that you have done in secret that you have not repented of. There's a verse, I think it's in Psalms. Psalms. I think it's, I think it's 7-9. I think it's Psalms 7-9 that says, if a man will not repent, he will sharpen his sword. The Lord loves us so much. He loves you so much. He loves me so much that he will not tolerate sin, but he'll make it. He's so patient with us. But the goal is to get us to repent of it and get free from the cords that bind us. Okay? That, that's the goal. It's not for punishment. It's never about punishment. Oh, good Lord. It's never about punishment. It's about keeping us out of hell. So anyway, I, 
I wasn't going to share that. I didn't share it first service because I was like, ah, maybe that was just me. And then when uh, Amanda had that dream, I was like, oh. So just to reiterate, the, the anointing that the Lord is going to pour out can only be gotten by getting low. That's a connection. All right. All right. Smile at me. Okay. Uh, let's, let's do something else because I realized that was just a, hey, I'm back. And wow. Uh, so, so I realize people have different levels of comfortability with, with where we are. And, and uh, I don't want to violate any of that. However, I do want to say this. I had said this, I, I think it was at this service. I always say, I think it was at this service, but I was watching uh, online and um, there was, a, there was a, a podcast or something that went out about the effects of isolation, particularly with, um, with COVID and how it's affected us and Zoom calls and that sort of thing. One of the things that they said, I, this was brilliant, is that the question that each one of us have that are running through our little system, whether it's cognitively, whether we're thinking about it or not, but the question that is constantly running, uh, that we're constantly scanning for is, who are the people that are looking for me? We're constantly looking for the people who are looking for me. Well, as a pastor, it, 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 the bells went off. It's like, oh my goodness. I cannot tell you how often I hear people who say, I love this house, I love the presence, but I don't feel connected. And I was like, ah, what they're saying is, Jeff, no one's looking for me. I was like, oh, oh that, that, that's a killer for me. So I can't solve that issue right now, but I can stress the importance of us making contact, whether it's eye contact, a smile, an air high five, or whatever you're comfortable with. I don't want to, but it's really important that we connect horizontally. And, it, and that part of that connection horizontally is being seen. I know that when I am seen, I feel valued. You feel valued when you feel seen. And so, uh, so if we could do this, would you mind standing? Whatever degree that you're comfortable with, turn around and just wave, say hello, whatever you want to do. Look at the stickers, pay attention to the stickers. Some people don't even know that we have stickers. All right, let's, um, let's make our way back. So as I was sharing from, uh, from the onset here, I was... Knowing, looking forward to coming back. It's so good to be back with you guys. Wasn't worship amazing? Yeah. Woo, man, boy. Um, uh, but uh, just looking forward to coming back and then realizing, you know, this week's, oh, it's here. And then, then I had the dilemma of what are you going to speak on? And so there's this dilemma of do you just jump back in like nothing's happened and point to, or point to point forward, which I'm going to point forward just a little bit. Um, and, uh, or it, do you try to bring everybody along with, where, with the journey that we've been on? And so I'm going to try to do that um, and talk about it because this, this past season has been, uh, as you know, difficult. And I'm not, I'm not here to, uh, I really don't want to stress the difficult 
situation in our life because I know many people here have walked through very similar and some of you it's been more difficult than our situation. So this is not about us, but this is uh, about the process that I went through as I'm walking through this difficult situation that we walked through. And the reason that I'm sharing it is because um, hopefully... Uh, if you are not walking through a difficult situation or if you are walking through a difficult situation, maybe there's something today that you can glean from, because that, that's how we all, we all grow together, if you didn't know that. Uh, I, I have a piece of God that you don't have and you have a piece of God that I don't have. And if I am resistant to who you are or prejudiced with who you are, I can shut down the actual growth piece of growth that I'm supposed to have from you. And so that's just how the body works. And so I, just because I'm standing up here, doesn't mean that, you know, I've got it all together. Far be it from that. Uh, maybe that's the reason I'm standing up here because it has, I have the least amount of it together. And so therefore, uh, there you go. Um, but so what I want to talk about is just try to Talk about, so let me, let's go, let's back up about till 2018 or 2000, 2019 for sure. I want to, I'll start there, 2019. 2019 here at the church, we had gone through uh, uh, meticulously week after week, line upon line, talking about unpacking the truth about Jesus and what he's done, particularly as it pertains to the atonement. The atonement meaning we're going to talk into, I don't want, I'm not trying to, I don't want to unpack the atonement piece of it yet, but, um, or this week, but I will. But basically what, discovering what Jesus has done. I think I had told you guys that, you know, I grew up in the church. I went to a Christian school, went to a Christian college, and I found myself one day reading um, in Luke where the angels uh, show up and um, they sing this song to the, to the shepherds that are out in the fields. They say, glory to God in the highest, uh, uh, peace on earth, and, and all, of this, you know, all of this joy about this Savior. And I was sitting there going, I know about Jesus, and I know, you know what he's done, but I don't, I don't understand that. I, I don't get why they would have interrupted time and, and broken into uh, uh, broken through eternity and come into time just to tell about a about Jesus. That sounds bad being the pastor. And I told you I might be the worst one of you. That's why I'm up here. So uh, case in point, no. But but I was like, what, they've caught something. There's something up there that they have caught that I have not caught down here. Even though I have been in the church, I know all about uh, the the the. I know all about the, the nativity scene. I know all the animals, even though the camels weren't there. And I, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, but I know all about that. And yet there's something, the joy that they're expressing is something that's being missed here. And so, um, so that kind of got me on this, this, this track of, wow, what, maybe there's something more to what Jesus has done. So all that to say, in 2019, we had gone through maybe Six months, I don't know, but it was a long time talking about what Jesus has done. And what we know that if you grew up in the church, you know that Jesus died for our sins and that's a full stop and, and that absolutely he did. And what we didn't realize was he also died for our sicknesses. And so the church is kind of lopsided a little bit in that we're good with the sin part, but we don't really know about the sickness part. 
And, and, and yet he died for both. And so the example that I used was, was when they lowered the man down through the roof uh, that was paralyzed <clears throat> because there's no room. And Jesus looked at him and said, son, your sins are forgiven. And the, the, the Pharisees or whomever said, who, who can forgive sins? And so he said, does this bother you? He basically said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to, to stand up and, and be healed? And they were like, uh, and so he was saying, it's, it's both. I've, I've paid for both of them so I can do whatever I want. You know what? Stand up, be healed. And what he was pointing to was he was the atoning sacrifice. We're going to get into this in a few weeks that satisfied the justice system of heaven. The justice, righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. And it's, there was a system, there is a system in heaven that merits, no one deserves mercy except through sacrifice. We, anyway, I'm, I'm getting pulled right into that message. I didn't want to go there. Stop. <laughs> so all that to say, 2019, this is what we're looking at. This is what we're preaching. This is what we're teaching. Everyone was, I was going, yeah, you know, the God of the impossible, this, this whole thing, this whole revelation of who Jesus is and, and, and who I'm not, and yet he loves me. And ah, oh, this was awesome. And, uh, you know, I was reminded of, uh, I think it was 2018 or 2019, but the eight, the eight deaf people, ladies that got healed randomly. I'm just like, one of them was the, it's the craziest story I've ever heard where a lady uh, was here and she gets healed. She didn't know about it because her back, her hip was hurting. her, her, Her hip got healed. She went home and, um, and, and said, and her husband asked her a question and she answered and he went, and he's like, she said, what? He said, well, I just said that to you in your bad ear. And she was like, ah, ah, I can hear. So she gets so excited, she calls her sister who lives in Illinois to say, ah, you're not going to believe what happened. I got healed. My ears were... And her sister's going, why are you yelling at me? She says, I'm not yelling at you. And her sister goes, oh, my ear, my ear got healed. And so they're, so they're going, oh my goodness, what does this mean? And so they're going back and forth. Well, the sister in Illinois is like, oh, I got to pick up mom and take her to an appointment. And so she goes over to mom's house and mom's waiting for her outside. And she got both of her hearing aids holding them going, I don't know what just happened, but I can hear. And so that is, and so that is what I'm talking about. This is the message, the gospel message. He paid for our sins and he paid for our sicknesses. So here we are in 2019, trekking along, and then all of a sudden in 2020, COVID. Don't even. I just wonder if COVID is eventually going to be a swear word. You know? What's the COVID? So. So. So it, it put the brakes on everything. And it's like, woo. And not only that, but, you know, so to me, that began the, a, a serious squeeze and, and things began to get uh, uh, just all out of sorts and all out of, and for those of you who, you know, if you lost somebody, you know, due to COVID, please, I, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of that at all. It's, it's, it's very serious. And yet the, the tension that I had was, was, what about the God of the impossible? What, 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 what do we do with this? And so, 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 because this is, this is who I bought into. This, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here on this earth is to, to champion the God of the impossible. That, that's who we are. And so all of a sudden it's like that, that, 
stage or whatever got platform got pulled out from under me. And not only that, but then, uh, then all of a sudden we, there's all of this loss. Like people, people started dying and, and, and we, we lost our, uh, you know, I've told you all this, six people here at the church in one week. And, and you know, that, that one week I was just like, what is going on? Because the, the message that we are preaching, we're, we're doing that and nothing is happening. And so that began this, this real, felt like a dark time um, for, for, for me, especially. And then uh, throughout the summer and then at the end of September, Beth was diagnosed with, with, uh, with, the, with the tumor on her brain. And, and I was unmoved. I was like, you know what? The God of the impossible, the God of the impossible. Oh, I'm telling you, you know, because the, the, for our family, it's like, well, he had healed Ronnie. Ronnie was uh, in, in line, so to speak, for a heart transplant because his, every time he went to the, the cardiologist, his heart output had declined so much. They said, Ronnie, you're, you're going to have to put you in for a, a heart transplant. And so, lo and behold, one day, uh, David Wagner calls him out, and Ronnie goes back to the doctor, and the doctor said, Ronnie, I don't know what has happened, but your heart's healthier than mine. Yeah. And so, he got healed. So, we're, so we're believing. We're totally believing. And then, <clears throat> uh, and then, of course, you know, just to fast forward, Beth, uh, you know, passes, and, and it's like, whoa, whoa, I, I feel really out of sorts here because I, I, was, I was believing this. It's not that I was just preaching it. I was believing it. I, I, I mean, I was living it. I was believing it. And I, um, <clears throat> I, I, I ran across this verse in Numbers, Numbers 23, 19. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Well, if you're asking me in real time, I would have said, yes. He does promise and he doesn't come through. Now we know, lest anyone goes, you know what? I think that pastor's office. <laughs> we know that the answer is no, right? And yet all of us or most of us have in real time instances where that's not true. So I found this part of me kind of going, with God, <laughs> it's a karate kid for all those who are like, oh, I don't understand what he's doing. <laughs> so I'm trying to make sense. So here, there's this collision of things that are happening. The reality of my world or of our world is sinking. And I'm like, oh, looks like we're losing grip. What is happening? Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not the God of the impossible. Maybe he's not. And the whole time over here, I'm going, yeah, but I remember, I remember the, prof the prophetic words. I remember, um, <clears throat> I remember the healings, the things I just told you about. I, I remember uh, all the, I remember the words that, that, that David Wagner, different ones have said about um, People driving up in ambulances, ambulances being parked out here, bringing people because the hospital said we can't do anything with them. And they bring them here and they're getting, they're getting healed. And, and it's not just about getting healed. It talked about revival, talked about a place of his presence, talked about a place of outpouring. And I'm, I'm watching this going, what is happening? What is happening? And it was beginning to shake me at the core because if I don't believe, if I, 
If he's not who he says he is, then go ahead and take me home now because that's what I signed up for. And so, so, oh, the other thing that, that I'm like, oh my goodness. So we're sitting in a staff meeting, about 30 of us, and I'm up there talking and all of a sudden, that's what this sound sounded like. Alan's phone goes off and it says, this voice says, it is God's plan to bring transformation to your city. And you've heard me tell this and I'm, I'm just like, dude, can you not turn off your phone? He's like, I, I don't know what happened. And actually it was turned off and the ringer was turned down and I had no apps open and blah, 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 you know, and I'm going, yeah, right. And, uh, <clears throat> but the, the thing that you don't know is that, that it, looking back, it had to happen to Alan. He's kind of like our resident uh, uh, Apple genius guy. Because if it had happened to anybody else, he probably would have been, I said this in the first service too, probably speculative that maybe they didn't have it turned off. But it happened to him and there was no, there was no way for that voice to come through. So once we realized there's no way except for God that it was actually God that spoke through the phone, you know, it hit the room. The, the, the presence of the Lord hit the room and we're all sitting around going, oh, I don't know what to do with my hands. Because I was like, oh, wow. And so the Lord was giving us a direction. It is God's plan to bring transformation to your city. So all of this stuff, I'm, I'm like, what, what do we do with this? Like, I, I, are you kidding me? Like, and now we're, we're, we're shut down and now people around us are dying. It's like, God, what is going on here? So, huh, got to find my... It wasn't until I, I remembered this phrase. You want to pay attention to this phrase. The purpose of the promise is its fulfillment. Now, first of all, the way that that sentence is structured, it, it, I think it just, it hit me in a, in a, it's like, huh, I would have never thought that a promise has a purpose. I would have thought that it's just something that was randomly said. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a future and a hope. Just, oh, oh, nice. No, it's actually, it's actually a promise. And the purpose of him sending that promise is for it to be fulfilled. Huh. That's why he says that no word that comes out of my mouth will come back to me without accomplishing what it's, what it's supposed to accomplish. And so it's like, huh, so if the purpose of the promise is its fulfillment, well, then something needs to be adjusted in me because number one, God cannot lie. So if he cannot lie, there's a good chance if, if, if there was a miss, let's just say it like that, it's probably on my end. Not probably, but you know what I'm Work with me. Be, be kind. It's my first day back. And so, I also remember there, there's this verse we're going to put up here where Jesus says, believing is work. Look at this, John 6, 28, 29. Jesus has just fed 5,000 people. They're following him around. He said, the only reason you're coming to me is because you ate food. And he says, don't work for the food that perishes. And they say, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? 
This, he says, is the only work God wants from you, believe in the one he has sent. Isn't it interesting that he has got work, belief in the same category as work? Can I just tell you, believing is an absolute chore. Especially when you're seeing just the opposite. Our tendency is to let go. The enemy, the enemy's plan in this whole thing is to get you to either quit, you and I to either quit, give up, let go, or take a couple of steps back. Ease off the, ease off the gas there, Jeff. And this whole thing, that, that's his ploy. That's his, and I don't get me started on this, but yet one of, the, one of the key verses, Hebrews 10, 35 says, let endurance have its perfect work. And it talks about also in Hebrews, through faith and patience, they endured and the promises were fulfilled. Like, ah, I don't like that one. So it's faith and patience. Faith and patience. So the purpose of the promise is its fulfillment. And so I, there's no way for me to, to, to describe what it was like, what it's been like, but just waking up in the middle of the night, just <gasps> in a full-on panic, just <gasps> trauma, just going, oh, what about Beth? What about, you know, what about my mom? What about you know, all this? What about the church? And could not, it was just like, I was waking up in sweat and just, oh, like, okay, okay, now lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord to my soul to keep, you know, if I should die before I wake. I mean, it was getting that bad. It was getting to where I was like, where are you, God? And what I found was he wasn't telling me anything new. So there was no new, you know, breakthrough, which I would have, instead, what I had to do, I had to go back and mine the things he had told me before. So, one of the things that he had told me before, back in 2008, a friend of ours, Larry Randolph, uh, uh, came to me and he said, hey, he said, Jeff, um, <clears throat> the Lord woke me up this morning and told me, he says, tell Jeff Isaiah 41.10. I'm like, all right, Isaiah 41.10. So I go to read Isaiah 41.10. It's this, it says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If you have never received a personal word from the Lord, I am giving you one right now. This is it. Now, what I want to tell you, just to help you out, because it took me a while to get this, is that if you read this First off like that, it's not going to hit you. It's not gonna, you're, you're not going to get it. There's something about getting the word into us that he is focused on. It's not till the word begins to get inside of me. And I'm going to talk about that uh, here in a couple of weeks. But he says, do not fear. So what, what I want you to do, is, or what, I'm, what I did was, was I had to slow down. 
So it's so, you know, I've talked about this before. <clears throat> you know, we're all, we've all got these Bible plans and the goal is to read through the, my goal is to read through the Bible in a year. And so it's got everything, you know, outlined and you read this many chapters and you, by the end of the year, you're like, I did it. And what I'm realizing, and, which, and that's a great thing. I, I really, because the Lord speaks to me through that. But what I realized in this, I, 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 had, I, had, I had to slow down in order for this, do not fear, for I am with you. There's a semicolon there. That means they could put a period. So that means if we didn't read anything else in this verse, for us to walk away with, do not fear, for I am with you. He would want that to sink in. What would our life, what would your life, what would my life look like if we knew when we wake up, when we, he's with me. like the time I, I had said that uh, I was praying one day and just in it, you know, oh God, you know, bless the missionaries and bless the, you know, bless the children, bless the, and the Lord said, Jeff. And I was like, internal was audible. And I was like, yeah. He said, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, I'm praying. He said, yeah, but you're praying to me like you're praying to someone who doesn't know you. It's like, oh, wow. How would you pray to someone if you, if you knew they knew you. Most of the time, our prayers were trying to get his attention or convince him. He's like, I, I know you. So saying, do not fear, do not anxiously look about you. So when I would wake up in the mornings going, <gasps> do not look about you, I am your God. I'm right here. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So I, uh, so the, one of the things I want to tell you is, is pay attention when you're reading the word and you see a word jump off the page. Pay attention to that because that is a real time word to you. The thing that also, I want to ask, the, the, the question is, is this was a prophecy for me. Somehow in my analytical mind, I had that prophecy allocated to only in that 2008 time frame. So the question is, is how much of a lifespan does a prophetic word have? I'm telling you that because the Lord has spoken to you concerning things and it still has a pulse. That word still has a pulse. And just because it didn't happen, when you think it's gonna happen, doesn't mean that the word's not true. That word, his word lives eternally. It's not bound by time or space. So before we let go of the word and before we let our faith wane because we haven't seen it happen, I'm telling you, hold on. Hold on to those prophetic words. He's not done with them. So, oftentimes, these real-time words, here's what I want to tell you, these real-time words never run out of time. That's what I wanted to tell you. So, another verse, and this is the last verse. I woke up again, just <gasps> and going through the litany of what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. I was like, God, you know, help me. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart 
and don't depend on your own understanding. Now, what happened to me when he said that, I grew up in the church. This is one of the verses that I learned since I was a kid. I learned this verse as a couplet, meaning it was five and six. And all your ways, he'll direct your paths. So as he was showing me this revelation, as he was trying to teach me something, I jumped in and went, in all your ways, and all your and he just will direct your paths. You know, and I was like, and he's like, but that's not what I said. I was like, oh. He said, brings me back to the very beginning. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Semicolon. Full stop. Means that's a standalone sentence. Can you imagine what we would look like if we trusted in the Lord with all of our heart? That means he's got our kids. He's got our finances. He's got our future. It's like, hold on there, bro. But can I also tell you, this is one of the hardest things. This is one of the hardest verses to live by. And yet, the thing that I was having to tell myself slowly, line upon line, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend on your understanding. Which means his timing is different than my timing. His ways are higher than my ways. His ways are different than my ways. So, here's what I've determined. As we are looking ahead as to what the Lord has for us or what we're doing or what we're to do. This is what I know and the sense that I've made of our circumstance. I can't explain accurately what this last season was all about with all the loss that we've suffered, with all the loss that we've gone through. I don't know why any of this has happened. I really don't. But I am resolved to say this. If I never see another healing in my lifetime, I will not stop speaking the message that Jesus paid for our complete restoration, body, soul, and spirit. What I am resolved to say is, that is the gospel. That is the good news. And I'm resolved more than ever. I'm, I'm unmoved. If I don't see another, I'm resolved. This is the the direction that this church is headed in, is to lift up, to gaze upon the glorious majesty of Jesus in all of his splendor. Everything that he's done, we have access to everything, to who he is and everything that he has done. And that's the trek that I'm going on. So, yeah. So, it is so good to be with you today. We have so missed you all. And uh, let me pray something for us. So, Father, I'm gonna bring up Shannon here in a minute, but Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, over this house, there's a verse that says, uh, no greater love does anyone have than to lay down his life for his friend. And so, Lord, I ask that as this house has laid down their lives for us, for my family. I ask, Lord, that you would return back on this house 
on these people, all of your love and your grace and your mercy. And I just wanna speak over you that nothing's lost. I speak over you, nothing lost. I speak over the staff, I speak over the, the department heads, I speak over the, the, the body here, I speak over the elders, the boards, nothing lost. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.